Mr. Pop. And make my lawyer's hair. My God, that's fantastic. This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix, and Mark Fine. Hi and welcome to another edition of Ruck and Roll. Yes, we're back. I'm Kevin Hillier. As usual, Brian Mannix, Mark Fine. Hello, gentlemen. Uh, you first, Mr Mannix. How are you? I know you're freshly buffed and uh, and uh, washed and cleaned. You've just stepped out of the shower. I have. And, uh, yes, um, I'm excited to be here, Kevin, to talk to yourself and Finey and... Um, See what shit we can come up with today. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you. So you did pay attention in the pre-production meeting. <laughs> that yes, was, I did. That's the that's the mantra of the show. Let's see what shit we can come up with this week. How, <laughs> how are you, Finey? Yeah, I'm just slowly working on developing some shit for the show. Right. Um, <laughs> I I've got an alternate name for the for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Silly, sillier, and hillier. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's got possibilities. It's been called a lot of things over the years that it's been on, and that that can now be another one of them. Uh, now, look, we, right. I'm sorry to do this at the top of the show, but this has to. We have to do an intervention. An intervention. An intervention. One of the Well, one of the members of this panel has a problem. Mm. Now we've talked about it. Uh, a, a, a phone call that happened last week alerted me to the problem, and I thought it just—it needs to be—it needs to be fixed. It needs to be nipped in the bud. It needs to be sorted out now. And I think the only way to do it, as we've seen on those American TV shows, and that is—is is an intervention. So, Finey, I need your help. Yep. Oh, yeah. Why is it me? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's not me or Finey. That's why it's you. Right. No. Right. Uh, innocent phone. Let me take you through the scenario. Innocent phone call uh, about nine o'clock uh, one night last week. Come in what night it was. Uh, just to check Brian about a, a, an interview we're, we're doing for the, the Life of Brian podcast, the new edition of which is up today. And I just wanted to check with him about availabilities for, for an interview. And I heard all this noise in the background and I thought, what's going on there? There's something going on at Brian's house. So I said, Brian, what's going on? And the answer was, I'm sorry, Kev, it's it's maths and I'm addicted. <laughs> so uh, whether I don't know whether it was <coughs> Brett or Bryce or Coco or Booker or Sneezy Dopey or Doc, I'm not sure which one it was, but he was captivated, he was distracted, it was very hard for me to uh, hold a conversation and I think the time, is, the time has come, Brian. Something has to yeah. be done, mate. You've got, to, you've got to wean yourself off this. You've got to make the break. I do, I do. It's you know, it started with just the odd episode of Holy Moly, and then next thing you know, <laughs> it just grabs you and pulls you in, and you're sitting there, you're watching these dickheads that can't communicate, ruining their relationships. And for some reason, I'm compelled to watch it. It's an addiction. Oh God! Yes, you've, well, you've, got, you've got to do something about it, Brian. You can't. You've, you know, you've got an addictive personality. You just got to break. You got to break the shackles. You got to get out of it. Okay, I'll do my best. I'll um, watch a documentary or something instead. Yes, yeah. Get on the National <laughs> Geographic channel, you know, or, or watch Question Time in Parliament. Oh, hang on, no, that might actually be even seedier than Married at That'd First Sight. That'd be even sexier. <laughs> they Parliament, guys. <laughs> Tell you what, they're rooting like rock stars. Oh, stop it. Fantastic. <laughs> Having a bit of a cotton wool over the desk. Oh, no, that's, disgra- that's disgusting. It is. It's disgusting what's going on there. They do... Uh, you know, I don't want to bog this podcast down in it, but by Jesus, you know, that's the national capital, for Christ's sake. <sighs> well, we've always known it was full of wankers. Yeah. I don't know why it's so surprised. <laughs> that should be the headline in the Herald Sun. <laughs> it should be. We were right all along. Canberra's full of wankers. <laughs> Canberra's full of wankers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a bit of a surprise. Well, sorry, I just uh, that that had to be done, Brian. I just don't want to. I don't. Okay. Want, I don't want any more uncomfortable. You know, nine o'clock at night telephone conversations between us, me getting in between you and Brett and Bryce and Coco and Booker. <laughs> Fair enough. They Fair are. Enough. They are actually the character names of the people on Married at First Sight, too. In case you're wondering. Yeah, I don't know who Booker is, but the other ones ring a bell. Well, Bryce is the, got- Bryce is the radio bloke. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I can't believe that they picked their girls for second best looking. You know, what kind of idiots are they? 
I don't know. I've never watched it. You get all the it. photos of the girls and you get your wife and you go, oh, yeah, she's about the fourth best looking, my wife. And what? You know, it doesn't take much. Well, they, they, they're married to one and then they've got a picture of all of the girls that are on the show. Right. You've got to put them in order of who's the most beautiful. And there's a man of these dickheads <laughs> that put their, don't put their wife at number one and they're wondering why they're having a blue. Yeah, well, it's just well, stupid. Uh, but I mean, I think my wife is the most beautiful uh, woman that I know. It, it's as simple as that. And, and I'm well, sure, I'm sure, finally, you're the same with that. I, I really do. I mean, I, you know, it's taken it takes years, but between love and and just the fact that I was always attracted to her. Yeah, yeah that's she's my husband. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, well, you wouldn't be saying to your wife. Oh, yeah, you're the third best-looking killer. <laughs> you know, that's just what they're doing, and they're wondering why the girls are getting upset. Can't they see what's going to happen if they do that? Hey, they, yeah. hey, uh, Brian, they call that show, the, the, uh, and I've seen this in the promos, they call it, the what is it, the world's something social experiment or something. Oh, the world's the most stupid social experiment, yeah, probably. Yes, something like that. Have, have they got life coaches and things on there that talk to them about, you know, maybe, maybe Brian, you should have said that, uh, you know, uh, uh, Coco was the most beautiful girl you've ever seen, seeing that you're married to her. Well, I don't think they do. They're as straightforward as that. They're always sort of talking in riddles. Oh, okay. And they've got the American sex expert on and Oh, know, Okay. I don't know how she's a sex expert. I haven't seen her get a root yet. <laughs> anyway, oh. yeah, this, this is an intervention, isn't it, Kevin? Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. So, like uh. all interventions, I've written a letter to Brian. Oh, uh, have you? Yeah, I was told, you know, don't let your emotions spill out on the day. Put it down on paper and, and read it to him. Are yep. you ready? Yep. Okay. Yep. Dear Brian, stop f***ing watching math. <laughs> 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 right to the point. Uh, it, was it yeah, something really. that you picked up because George the footy... George sincerely, finey. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, was it something that you fell into because the football wasn't on? Um, well, there's not much on, really. Yeah. Um, there was no football. and uh, Yeah, so it was just uh, lack of... Poor decision making at the time. I guess we can put it down to. <laughs> okay. okay, all right. Well, it could be worse. You could be addicted to the cube. My God. Oh, I haven't watched the cube much. Well, I did. Uh, 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 I thought you know there must be something. There must be something to do. There's a huge show in uh, in the UK. I think it's where it's big. I think that's where it started. Right. And I thought, yeah, okay. So I'll watch it. So I watched it. And I found it tedious and, uh, you know, clumsy and all those things and kind of a little bit sort of like, oh, yeah, uh, uninspiring. And then I watched, by chance, I watched Gogglebox. And the, oh, yeah. And the people on Gogglebox were watching The Cube. And, ah. all, and all of a sudden, The Cube became really quite interesting because I worked out that what, what made it interesting was if you could sit around with a bunch of mates and watch a TV show that's not interesting but they're all taking the piss out of it um, and laughing at it and, and, you know, really pulling its pants down, um, it actually becomes watchable. There you go. So the way, to fix the, the way to fix the cube is just to put seven or eight people on couches around the outside of the cube and get them to take the piss out of everything that's going on. That'd be perfect. Could fix a Excellent. lot of shows, to be honest. Yeah, it would. Awful lot of shows it could fix. All right. get a couple of those politicians, you know, pulling their bands down on a few oh, shows. That'd be all right, dear, too. Dear, oh dear. Yeah, right. geez, that, uh, what's going on in Canberra is going gonna, is gonna to pay. Now, coming up on the program, the world-famous footy tips will continue. Interesting right. round of tipping from the boys. Uh, yeah, very interesting round of tipping. Yet we all finish up on exactly the same amount at the end of the weekend. Ah, there we go. Five, five, five. Mm. Not covering that's ourselves like, in glory. Fake phone numbers in American TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's your number? Five, five, five. Mm. So we all we all sort of had a little dip. Um, I picked Melbourne, and uh, you two didn't. Um, I picked GWS, and you two both picked the Saints. We all got our got our pants taken down, which is the theme of the show today. Uh, the cats, the bombers, ah. and the lions all completely and utterly threw us a curveball. 
Yes. Yes. Dan Ager got reported good. Oh, did he? Yep. What for? Impersonating a footballer? <laughs> no, impersonating a footballer, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think he hit somebody in the back of the head. Okay. Hey, fine, I've got to ask good. you, the the, um, the danger field thing? Oh, he's gone. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, I guess that. This podcast is being recorded before the actual tribunal hearing. Now, how many weeks did he get? Did he get? I reckon he should get three weeks. Three. Are you well, a, are you a believer? I'm going to ask you. Are you a believer yeah. in that uh, the actual what you do? Okay, so you you have had contact with another player, and it's deemed to be whatever it is. But are you of the opinion that what you get in terms of your suspension should be determined by what happens to the bloke you hit? So, in other words, if he's out for three weeks, you should get three weeks. Or if he plays next week, you shouldn't get three weeks. Where do you sit in that scenario? No. I mean, um, who did he knock down? Kelly or? Uh, oh, I'm trying to think of his name. Yeah, I think Kelly. Um, he, he's going to miss next week. He might play the week after. But we are definitely learning about the dangers of head injuries. And not just, not just to the players, but to the game itself. Because you know, if the sport of football, Australian rules football, doesn't take every measure to make the playing field safer on concussion, then there'll be major litigation. I mean, I think they've sort of got away with it. I don't believe they're going to face major litigation up till now, but now that everybody's aware of it, they have to do everything in their powers. Now, that may certain acts dangerous on the football field. You see, you can't eliminate the bumps. Why not? Because not all bumps are forceful. Yeah. Some bumps are a little more than using your body. When are you, when are you sort of edging out a player for a mark with, with your hip and side? or giving him a little bump to put him off balance, which is quite safe at the clever football, you know, when does a bump become a bump that is, should be removed from the game? So well, we I don't, we don't the use right. the word – have you noticed we don't use the word shepherd very often anymore? It's all bump? Yeah, that's right. I mean, these are, these are violent shepherding acts. Yeah. And it's been going on, it's been going on for a while. Remember Julian who accused him for shepherding? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And obviously before then, but the reality is that if you do choose to bump forcefully, then if it's a head clash, you're responsible. And I think, and I think to reinforce how dangerous it is, you can't get one week or even two weeks. I think it needs to be a minimum of three. Yep. I love the way footballers. You, you watch all the football shows, whether it's ex-footballers. Own footballers, coaches, whatever. There's some sort of union. There's some sort of you know that they, they are a a secret society, and they preface everything they say with there was malice in it. Absolutely no malice, Paddy. You know it was completely without malice. You know what? It was a very forceful. He lined the bloke up uh, to bump it to knock him down. Didn't need to do that. The guy, the guy, the, Kelly got the handball. I think it's Kelly. He got the handball away. There was no way Dangerfield could stop the ball moving downfield. Yeah, they pretty much took him out. Now, the fact that there was a head close means he's in big trouble. But I don't see that as a necessary part of the game. Yeah, I agree. I yeah, agree. he was late. He was late. He was too late bumping him. He didn't. The guy didn't even have the ball. Yeah, I mean, the guy, the guy got the ball away. Had he's a champion footballer, he's played all his life. He knew he couldn't stop the handball because if he could have stopped the handball, he would have tried to tackle him. So if he thought he could have got there when the guy still had the ball, he would have tackled him. But once committed to, and, you know, let's put it in context. Adelaide had beat him Geelong. Dangerfield, the leader. And he started getting pretty physical. Now, that's okay. That's that's part of football, but you do run the risk. And he, unfortunately for him 
and for the Adelaide player, got it wrong. Yep. And we won't, I mean... Well, that 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 macho thing that you're talking about is is it is a part of football. Oh, uh, Paddy never meant it. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Like you know, I don't want it to come back that I said anything bad about Paddy, but I think he should get two two or three weeks. Yep. You know, you I, think, need... I think he should get forty lashes. <laughs> what? Well, an apple side. You get him out there, then uh, not the apple side. He gets a whip out. Get him on and tie him down. And whip him to Geelong Mall and just let everybody watch it and that, it'll cut out the concussions. You've been watching Gladiator movies or something, have you, Brian? In between maths, I've yeah, been watching between, a bit of Gladiator. In between maths episodes. <laughs> uh, Every time I hear Brian say maths, I think he's talking about when he was at school doing maths. <laughs> <laughs> I thought no, I, didn't I must admit I didn't realise it had been shortened to a thing until a couple of weeks back and someone was talking about maths. And I said, what a... Why would you want to talk about arithmetic and they go, no, maths, you idiot, as in, you know, married at first sight, but anyway. They should have got Aaron McNaught to go on that. <laughs> they should call it married until first sight and then it could be called muffs. <laughs> muffs, that's a better name. Now I'm really watching. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the I – want, I want your highlight and your low light from the footy. Now, from, we have to discuss the elephant in the room. What's the elephant in the room? The curse of the rock and roll podcast. What have we uh, done now? It was well, well, it started a while back when Brian was obviously obsessing about being obsessing about Dan Andrews, and that, of course, Dan Andrews have a near fatal fall. Yep. <laughs> a few weeks ago, we started talking about Gudinski. Well, Gudinski's gone outski. Right. And last week, Kevin said, "Oh, John Ward, he's still broadcasting at eighty-four. And the oh. next day, already was." hospital. Yes, yes, that's true. He is too, um, with a, some sort of um, uh, infection or something that's, it, that's laid him off the air for the first time in about 150 years. Ooh. Yeah, I think I've got a piece I'd like to talk about this episode. Yes. Well, I think we mentioned Joe Biden too. Did you see him going up the stairs? He fell up the stairs. Yes, he did. Tell you what, you got a bloke who's in charge of all the nuclear weapons and he can't negotiate a set of stairs. It's a bit of a worry. Yeah, but can yeah. I – there's a question there about why do they have such a massive bloody set of stairs for to get up into the, the, the plane? Most of us just walk across like a, you know, a little gateway type thing. You don't have to walk upstairs. It's a yeah, – yeah. That's the one Gerald Ford fell down or fell up. Oh, he's always falling over. Yeah. Yeah. Remember Gerald Ford? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do. He fell down yeah, the steps of Air Force One. He was famous falling down, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Joe Biden looked like he was the way he's trying to fall up to see. I thought it was hilarious. Well, uh, of, of recent years, let's be honest, Obama, <coughs> Obama's the only one who wasn't sort of, you know, in the sort of the late part of his life when he was elected as president. Everyone else is sort of like, you know, well past the pension age by the time they get into the office. Well, Clinton was pretty young, but you saw what happened to them. He just started rooting everything. So, you know, it was interesting to see um, Meghan Markle wearing Monica Lewinsky's old dress oh, in that interview. Oh, yeah, I saw you posted that on social media. <laughs> Jeez. Oh. Oh, it's funny. We've come a long way, haven't we, really? Not really. No, not, not really. really. No. no. Uh, okay, so I want your highlight now that we've now that we've mozzed everyone. I'll be interested to see who we, uh, who we put the rock and roll curse on to this week. Your highlight and your low light of the footy from the weekend, Finey. What was your highlight? Yeah, my highlight was the debut of the three young swans, particularly Logan McDonald and Errol Goulden, and also Braden Campbell. What a great, you know, that would be remembered. They are very good young footballers, and that's a team that is going to come up with a rush because they are well placed with youngsters, aren't they? Yep. At, at both the entry level of 18, 19, and then after about four or five seasons of 23 and 24, they've got. A lot of precocious talent down there. Yep. Yeah. Right. What was That's your low whole, light? What was your low light of the weekend? Well, it's the sort of train wreck that you just keep watching because it's you can't turn away from it. And luckily, Melbourne was well in control and had won the game. Did you see Luke Jackson's goal kicking deteriorate through the afternoon? No, no, I didn't. The big number for Melbourne. Um. Let's just say, by the end of the game, he had a kick after the sign or on the sign. By the end of the game, um, near contact with the ball 
was met with sighs of relief. He was, that's the best place of hipsters I have ever, not ever seen, but as it developed during the afternoon, that was as bad a developing case of hipsters I've seen on the footy field. Oh, okay. I'll have to check that out. Uh, do all, yes, the, all, all the Saturday games were on uh, were on Foxtel, and I was at a place where I couldn't uh, couldn't see Foxtel, so I didn't get to see any of the the Saturday oh, games. Is Foxtel and Seven no longer sending the commentary team to the games because they're doing it all from studios in Melbourne, but not admitting. Yeah, uh. yeah, uh, and if you talk to commentators, they hate it. Uh, they know it's a necessary evil in some cases, and last year certainly it was. But uh, yeah, no, I agree, totally agree. Um, highlight and low light, Mister Mannix. What's your highlight? Essendon were up by forty points at half time. Right, that was the highlight, mm-hmm. and the low light was Essendon lost after being forty points up at half time, managed to lose the game by a point. That's the low light. There you go. Yep, that works. Uh, that works. I didn't see it. I was working, but um, I thought, oh, we got to smash it 40 points up at half time. Imagine my my surprise when at the end of the game I checked the score and uh, we'd lost by a point. Yep. Shit out. Sack the judge. Yes, sack the coach. Already, already. <laughs> I saw the I saw the footage of I saw a bit of that game, and I saw the footage at the end there with him just sitting on the bench, and it was just uh, I, I really actually felt for him because I thought there's nothing he can say or do when you lose a game like that. It's there's there's bugger all you can say to be honest. Or and if no matter what you do, you're on a hiding to nothing. Whether you you look like you're satisfied that it was a great effort or. You lose then if you look like you're really, really shitty. It's, yeah, there's just he was in a no-win situation. It was an exciting finish to the game, I must admit. Oh, I didn't see it, but uh, what was your highlights and lowlights, Kev? Uh, well, just just uh, to be honest, having the footy back and seeing people at the footy and smiles on their faces, I, I thought was was really good. Just to have that buzz about uh, having football back again, and uh, in in many ways, um, Adelaide. Um, but and I hate Adelaide. Uh, but the fact that they came out and surprised the what's out of everybody by beating Geelong was a, was a bit of a uh, a highlight for me. Uh, low light, uh, yeah. I, I still uh, got to be honest and say it's still very hard to watch footy on television now. I, I find it almost unwatchable at times, and certainly totally unlistenable. So I, you know, turn the sound down and, and just watch it. And then if it's not a really good game, it's Bloody hard to watch. Mm. Fortunately, they more scoring, more action. Uh, one thing I did, one, my observation out of the weekend was how quick the game is. Yeah. <coughs> um, the ball's in transition a lot. It's good. But they, they've made some effective changes to the game. You've got to, I dip my lid to them in the finish. Are you worried that it's both? Someone, meant, Lee Brown mentioned this to me on my radio show on Saturday, that it's basketballish in some of the in some well, of the no. passages? No, no. No, it's still, you know, it's fast, but uh, it's, still, it's still pretty, um, it's still a collision-based sport. Yeah. The courage required and it's 360 degrees and, you know, no one's bouncing the ball up the court like in basketball, which is really just basket shooting at either end. Because yeah. What happens in between is pretty much irrelevant. They're normally allowed to transition up there on their own. The other thing I so, like is, is is that fatigue did kick in. You could see the fatigue kicking in at the end of each quarter, and I kind of like that, yep. and particularly at the end of the game, particularly that Essen and Hawthorne game. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it was... There was some good football played. Interest. I wouldn't be too upset if I was a Nessendon supporter. Look, you're not going to win any flags this year. Everybody knows that. But uh, just like I said, Sydney had a highlight with those three kids debuting. Two debutants for Essendon. That Harry Jones and Nick Cox. They're going to be good footballers. Yeah, yeah, they are. Uh, yeah, that's probably the bigger picture. I suppose. But just you know, you just hate. Starting the season off with a loss, it's sort of yeah. Take, take the wind out of your sails. You know, you go into the year all optimistic and yeah, this year we're going to be good, we're going to be great. And then you lose. It's like, oh no. Yeah, but I it's just one can't game, Brian. Yeah, but it's been twenty years, Kev. It's like they've been mediocre for twenty years. I'm over it. I want them to be good. 
and I don't know that they're going to be. So it might be just another year of mediocrity. Well, thank you. Yeah. Well, your next two games, you've got to go to Adelaide to play Port Adelaide. Oh, yeah. And then you're playing St Kilda under the roof at, at Eddie Head Stadium at Marvel. Um, I think we've got Sydney or... So, yeah, I reckon we'll be lucky to win one of our first... Uh, one of the next three or four games. I, I don't think we'll win any of them. Well, there's a cheery thought for all the Eston supporters, Brian. <laughs> well, you know, and I'll tell you what, make things worse. Yeah. Fantasia kicked four goals for Port. Sarge was one of their best on ground for Carlton. And apparently Danaher kicked two goals that got reported. So the three blokes we lost all played pretty well. So that sort of hurts as well. Yep. Anyway. Yep. Just a bunch of competitive macho bullshit at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> so you've, see, how, how come you can rationalise that but you can't rationalise maths? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me, Brian. It's, don't look for logic where there is none. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right, I'll tell you what we might do. We might get to our footy tips now. We might do, while we're All in right. the mood. While we're in the mood, we might get to our round two footy tips. As I mentioned, <coughs> five, five, five <coughs> for, for all of us. Uh, so swings and roundabouts as it, as it usually is. Uh, you pick one out of the blue and uh, it works for you and, and the other ones let you down. So let's go uh, to round two. Kicks off uh, Thursday night again. Carlton and Collingwood at the MCG. Brian, who do you like? I think Carlton might get up. Ooh. I reckon, yeah, I think Carlton are not too bad. I think Collingwood are not too good. So I'm going for Carlton. Wow. Jeez, I must Which have been... is hard for me to do, but I think I like Carlton more than I like Collingwood. Or I don't know which one I hate the most, but anyway, Carlton for me. Jeez, I'll tell you what, that Darcy Moore, gee, he played a very good game for Collingwood. Oh, he's, he's a most impressive footballer, and his dad was a pretty reasonable player too, but he's a very, very good player, young Darcy. Um, uh, not sure that I like the headband that much, but anyway. Uh, Finey, Carlton, Collingwood. That's one, because I do agree that Carlton looks like the better team. You know what, they've got a couple of good innings coming in. Jack Williams is coming in. I think Jack Martin. I think Carlton. Okay, I didn't go Collingwood. Well, yeah. I didn't think they. Oh, I didn't think they. I didn't think they were that bad against the doggies. I thought they they um, they showed bits and pieces during the during the thing. I, I can't believe they didn't um, they didn't have a bigger crack at Adam Traw. To be honest, I thought I was surprised at that. And for a bloke who was apparently, uh, according to reports out of uh, Collingwood at the end of last year, was not liked by the playing group. By oh, geez, everyone went up and cuddled him and uh, patted him on the bum and told him what a good bloke he was after the game. So. I don't know what uh, I don't know what the, what tea leaves are reading down at um, at Collingwood. All right, two Carlton's, one Collingwood. Uh, Friday night game this week is the Cats and the Lions. Who one of these teams is going to be zero and two at the end of the weekend? Who would have thought that, Brian? I'll go for where is it? Is it in Melbourne? Or it's at GMHBA Stadium. That's the Cats ground, is it? Yes, it is. Um. Oh, look, I'll go to Brisbane because, um, yeah, they won't have danger field. Yeah, Brisbane might surprise. All right. Uh, the Lions to win down at the Cattery. Finey? That's a reasonable tip. I'm going to tip the Lions. Look, they were both very disappointing. And yeah. I've got to say this. I reckon a lot of people just assume that Geelong at home will bounce back because they're at home. And if any Geelong players have that thought, any complacency whatsoever, they'll get beaten again. I thought of the bits I saw of the Brisbane Lions game, and I didn't see half I didn't see a half of the game. I saw probably twenty minutes. Every time I saw it though, because I was flicking between a couple of other things, they looked awful. They looked really terrible, Brisbane. I oh, thought yeah, they, they, were, they were completely off. They were bad. Yeah. So I, I've done. They're not that bad, but I've gone along the bad as well. Yeah. I, uh, I'm going to pick the Cats partly because of what you just said at home. I think they'll be, they'll be better, but I also think they'll be, they'll be better uh, than they were on the weekend. All right, we head to Saturday. There's four games on Saturday. The Swans are at home at the SCG to the Adelaide Crows, the giant-killing Adelaide Crows. This is actually based on the form of the first week. This will be a really good game. Who do you like, Bright? Um, 
I might go for the Crows. Wow. It's silly of me, but I think I will. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fine. Yeah. You, did you see both these uh, teams last week? Yeah. Isn't it interesting that um, the two big upsets, Sydney defeating Brisbane, Geelong getting beaten by Adelaide, and then the teams play each other. Yeah. The two losers and the two winners, mate. <laughs> yeah, Very so who do you um, like? Um, yeah, definitely going for Sydney. They were very impressive, as were Adelaide. But, um, you know, Adelaide were playing on, on absolute moxie and spirit and driven a bit by the home crowd. And, and it's just hard to keep that going. You need the talent as well. And, you know, Buddy's going to play this weekend. Yep. Good. <laughs> Good. Wow. So he should. Uh, as someone pointed out, he probably shouldn't be running around in the uh, uh, playing against the GWS reserves on the weekend. But uh, the, uh, I reckon that's ridiculous. He, he's got to play where he's got to play to, to get some. See if he can actually get through a game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he'll <coughs> need to be watched. I guarantee you that. Yeah, I'm going to go for the Swans because uh, I don't reckon Tex Walker can play a game like that again. And so much of what they did on. Uh, the weekend revolved around him putting the ball through the middle of those two big sticks. I don't think I'll bear my backside in Brian's <coughs> bathroom if uh, if he's able to pull off a game like that again. All right. Don't sound so excited about me bearing my ass in your bathroom, Bannix. Oh, I thought you were a politician. Because <laughs> it's not going to happen. Just keeping with okay. the, you know, pull your pants down theme of the entire program. All right. Port Adelaide are at home to the uh, all-conquering Bombers. Oh, no, hang on, they lost. Port Adelaide uh, are at home to the lost-by-a-point Bombers. Brian, I'm, I'm suggesting this is one of those games where if your team wins and you haven't tipped them, you're going to feel awful. Yes, yeah, so for that reason and that reason alone, I will tip the Bombers, but um, with not much confidence at all. Right. Now, I didn't want to shame you into tipping your own team, even though... I think it's, you know, if you're being a sort of hand-on-your-heart footy supporter and you are a, you know, club person and not a not a commentator and observer in a professional basis like Finey is, that you should pick your own team. But, you know, don't don't feel you have to, Brian. No, no, I'll go with the Bombers. I've got another week of me, but um, I'd better do something this week. Okay, so we'll just alert the uh, Essendon media team that if they don't win this weekend, round three, the game against St Kilda, you're definitely off the bus. They go down to the Werribee Sirens plant <laughs> to do their recovery. In you go, boys, do 20 laps. Yes, okay. Uh, all right, uh, Port Adelaide, Nesson and Finey? I have no such royalty problems, Port Adelaide. Yep, I don't have any either, and I think Port Adelaide uh, look a very good side. Geez, Alira Lear looked all right, didn't he, in that uh, Port Adelaide jumper? Sure did. Uh, uh, he'll go. He'll go well if they just play him there on the halfback line and let him take intercept marks and run like uh, you know whatever. Because geez, he's quick. He looks cool too. He does. He does. I like his little mohawk he's got going. Yeah, lock yeah, yep. uh, St Kilda and Melbourne will play at Marvel Stadium on Saturday night at seven twenty-five. I'll go first here. I'm picking St Kilda. I'm not convinced about Melbourne. Probably won't be all season. Finey. Yeah, lost to Melbourne last year, I think up in Alice Springs or something, oh, with Darwin, and the games the Hilda should have won, but they didn't. They don't need to take too far a look back in history to know you don't take anything for granted. Um, with Marshall and Ryder still out, Gorman should be dominant, but I think that's where the domination ends. I'm looking forward to seeing the Saints under the roof. They were good against Carlton in the pre-season. I think they'll be good again the Max King will come back in. Zach Jones is in. Yeah, I'm tipping to see him Max King not golfing this week? No, no. He's he can't a... be something much safer, like um, running with the ball. Yeah, or skydiving. Right. So, something where he can't have one of his mates hurt him. <laughs> yeah. He's off the tour. Uh, Brian, St Kilda or the aforementioned Melbourne? Oh, I think the Saints will easily win this. I think the Saints are good for a preliminary final this year. And I think they'll easily beat Melbourne. Okay. They were rubbish. Yep. Uh, Golco Suns play North Melbourne. That's a Metricron Stadium Saturday night at uh, at eight o'clock. Providing Metricron Stadium isn't seventeen metres underwater by then, anything's possible. Uh, what do you think, Brian? I'm going to the Suns. Yes, Finey. Yeah, I think. 
uh, your reasoning, Brian? Um, well, it can't be bad forever. <laughs> you know, surely they must turn it around at some point. Um, I think they played – somebody told me that they played quite well against uh, West Coast over there for a while and then, they, you know, they lost it. But, um, you know, a little bit of optimism for the Gold Coast Suns. I think they might be a, a better team this year. Yep. Yeah. Funny? Yeah, it's uh, not a game either side would want to lose, but I think Gold Coast – even without Matt Rowe, gee, that's unlikely, isn't it? Very sad. Yeah. Um, be able to handle the North Melbourne. Watching that, yeah. um, watching that doco, the making your mark doco. I'd forgotten how good that row was in the early part of um, last season, and then to see him uh, do his knee—not completely do his knee, but uh, sustain a knee injury, which put him out for, I guess, at least half the season by the looks of things. Uh, great pity because he's a he's a prodigious talent. But I actually think North Melbourne will win. Really? Okay. Yeah, I do. I don't. Th- I don't think they're as bad as everyone's painted. I don't think they're good by any stretch, and I don't have them certainly anywhere out of the bottom four. But I reckon they might just win that game. Just got a mate of mine put a bet on North Melbourne, and it was with Sportsbet, I think. But his bet was that they would lose half of their games this season by over fifty points, and well, they they lived up to it first game, yep. and um, he's getting twenty three dollars for that. Jeez. Pretty good bet, I reckon. Um, I, I, reckon that's a, that that's, now. I reckon that's a safe bet. If, if he's got that I, locked in, I reckon yeah. that's a safe bet. Yeah, well, he's put, I don't know, he's probably put 100 bucks on it. He's getting 23, so he'll make 2,300 bucks. So it's not a bad little bet. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Let's head to Sunday. Okay. We've got uh, Hawthorne taking on Richmond at the MCG. I'll go first, and I reckon Richmond uh, don't have to say anything else than I just think they'll be. Better than the Hawks, who I think fell in on the weekend. Finally? Yeah, North Melbourne beat Richmond last year. I think it was last year or the year before. Um, in a similar early season game. Richmond aren't necessarily as engaged early on in the year as they are later on. For good reason. But they'll still be. Brian? Look, I think Dusty can just go out there by himself and win. <laughs> um, yeah, Richmond for me. I say, Dusty was just amazing the other night. He was just just a superstar. So yeah, I think um, Richmond will easily win it. Is he the player that you most like watching in the competition, Brian? Outside of your own team, I know you're, you're a big Tipper fan and stuff. But yeah, probably, probably. Yeah. He's, okay. he's pretty good to watch. He's just doing a few don't argues the other night, and um, you know you can always spot him because of his haircut and his tats. Um, but yeah, he's he's he's. Sensational player, he's great. Yep. Finally, is he your favourite outside? Uh, you know, your, your St Kilda sort of favourites. Um. Yeah. Look, I mean, he's great to watch, but he's, he's that good. It's almost too too foolproof for mine. Yeah. Like I like watching Adam Saad or one of those dashes out of the back line because things can go wrong. It's exciting. And, you know what? I love Jeremy Howard on song. He's an absolute ripper. Uh, there's a bracket on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's an unbelievable talent. Uh, so we're all going for Richmond. We're all happy with Richmond for that yeah. game. All right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. The Western Bulldogs take on the West Coast Eagles at uh, Marvel on Sunday afternoon at 3.20. The Bulldogs uh, still can't kick a big score. 10-9-69 is not a massive score given the domination they had in that game against Collingwood, to be honest. I think they'll win, but... They need to uh, convert more on the scoreboard, make more of those opportunities. Finey? That would be a ripping game. Um, that's interesting because the respective sides' strengths are the opposition's weaknesses. Mm. Um, the Bulldogs still look a little susceptible to a big forward line, and that's exactly what West Coast have under the roof. The West Coast don't bat deep in the midfield, and that's where the Bulldogs are expressly excellent. Mm. So I guess the, the midfield gets versus, you know what, I'm going to tip West Coast. Mm. Because they, they're not, as much as that midfield fantastic, I reckon they over-tested against Collingwood. They often took one handball, one link in the chain too many against Collingwood, and, you know, They've got to get that right. It's, I think I think they over possess the ball a bit. So yeah, I'm going to go West Coast. Yep. 
I agree with you, uh, what you said about that. They did overpossess the ball too much. They've got a couple of big targets down forward. I don't know why they're not trying to hit them. I mean, Josh Bruce, unfortunately, doesn't convert anywhere near what he should, but gee whiz, he's a good target, and so is Norton. And, you know, if Oogle Hagen gets a game in the next couple of weeks, it's not like they haven't got blokes down there who can kick goals. Uh, Brian? Oh, I like. I, I like the Bulldogs, so I'll enjoy the game more if I'm on the Bulldogs. So go the dogs. Right. So you having a, you having your slab uh, for the end of the season bet with your mate on the, your tipping or not? Uh, yes, got that, and I've got a bet that I think I'll lose now, which um, Essendon will fit, finish high on the ladder than Carl, but um, I think that might be gone already. Anyway, oh, right. okay. Well, uh, the final game of the uh, round two games is uh, Frio at home at Optus Stadium in Perth taking on the GWS Giants. Wow. Finally, you can go first because you saw, obviously, a lot more of the Giants game than uh, than we did because your mob played them. Were they... Were they, yeah, they, they, they were all right, they weren't they? Well. Yeah, yeah, they were good. I'm tipping GWS. Fremantle have just got too many injuries. You know, they've lost both their key defenders from the first round on top of everybody else they've got out. Alex Pierce and Hamlin are both out for six weeks. You know, they've got the or something. Yep. Yep. What do you think, yeah, Brian? Brian, are you going free? Well, I, free I, was, I was going to go Fremantle, but um, after listening to Finey, I didn't know about their backman. So, no, I'll, I'll go GWS then. Yep. I concur with my learned uh, colleagues here on the Rock and Roll podcast, which is probably this week's, you know, curse. Uh, so I'm going to go uh, GWS as well. All right. So it looks like uh, we're all well. Well, we're we're split on Brisbane and Geelong. Uh, I've gone Geelong, and you've gone Brisbane. Uh, two for Sydney and one for the Crows. Two for Port Adelaide and one for Essendon. Under sufferance. And then yes. I think uh, we're St Kilda. We're all for St Kilda. Uh, I'm going North Melbourne. You're not. Uh, all Richmond, uh, two Western Bulldogs and one West Coast Eagles and all for the GWS. So it'll uh, see how that pans out by the end of the weekend. All right. Five, five and five are the numbers that we have uh, so far. Have you watched many of the footy shows, Finey? Have you been watching any of those? Yeah, or do you, what do you watch? Yep. Uh, look, I don't normally – I'm not a regular watcher of – 360 or on the couch or any of those. Mm-hmm. So I did watch ASL 360 uh, last night. I mean, it's okay. It's sort of it's a nightly show. So they have a couple of coaches on me on camera and Ken Hinckley on a Monday and play, you know, players on Tuesday and different people on a Wednesday. They go through it. It's, it's basic stuff. Then they don't. Their head on the chopping block, really. They just go through it. Um, on the couch, Jared Healy, Jonathan Brown, Nick Rewald, and Gary. Gary, yep. Um, again, I, I just think that they can do a little bit more. That That's the more statistically based show from what I could get. Yep. I don't like statistics. I don't like percentage of this is up, this is that, that, that is that. You know, it's the, that sort of David King-esque way of looking at football because you can read stats many different ways. You certainly don't want to be making judgments after one game. And I, I prefer people who watch a game of football and analyse it through their understanding of a game rather than run to the statistics. Yep. So... The statistical part of the show didn't grab me, um, but then the few pieces of footage is really good, but they really pick up some good stuff. So they showed right at the end of the Hawthorne-Essendon game, and the, you know, it's one point the difference, and Essendon's trying to win the game. A very, very poor effort by Peter Wright in Essendon's forward line. And those things are interesting. You know, they showed Mason Cox's running pattern, Um I love that. I think that's great. Yep. So rather they suck at that. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I'm not a stats man at all. In fact, I don't like stats. I think people hide behind stats. People hide behind uh, people's not non-ability to read the game can be camouflaged that's by right. their ability yeah, yeah. to read that uh, so-and-so had 35 stats, so he must get the man of the match. Well, did he win the game for him? Uh, nine times out of ten, I totally disagree. Yeah, 
and they try and I don't like being spoken down to as by football commentators. So mm. I don't like when the football commentator says, "Now what North?" Well, let's just say North Melbourne because it happened in the North Port game. I'm like, no names, no tactical. So one of the special comments, guys. Now what North does is this, as though he knows what North Melbourne does, but nobody who watches the game knows what they're doing or what their game plan is or what's happened, how they've unravelled or whatever. And it really is very condescending. So yeah. I don't like that. Yeah, I agree. Which is why, as I mentioned at the top of the show, just about I'm finding I'm turning the sound down on, on most. But do you watch any footy shows, Brian? I like the front bar. I think that's really funny yeah. and it's really good. Um, yeah, look, I, I can watch them. I'm, I'm not, you know, enthralled by it. They kind of annoy me because they're always wearing suits. I mean, why do you wear a suit to talk about football? You know, would you wear a suit to the football? No. <laughs> I just think the idea, you know, the, the suits shit me. You're the, fl- the suit. You're the flannel shirt on the on the front bar works for you. That's more like <laughs> it, yeah. yeah. Actually, I have to say, Kevin Bartlett on the front bar la- on last week's episode uh, was hysterically funny, as he always is. He was an absolute treat. And Mick Malloy's hair, my God. It's <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Yes. Uh, yes, many many friends of mine have uh, been in exactly that position of, uh, of, of recent years. Uh, I did laugh heartily when I saw Mick with uh, with that hairdo. Very funny yeah, stuff. Yeah, very good. Oh, very it's good. good. It's, good. It's, a, it's, a show with, it's a show that uh, taps in. They don't talk a lot about, you know, the current game very much really. No. Um, but no. they, and they, and it, it, it's got a great place in the football uh, landscape for me and, I, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. Thoroughly enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm looking forward to the new shows that are coming, though, for this year. I, I reckon there's a few of them that will be really interesting. Um, what? There's, there's one called uh, – there's one about North Melbourne. Uh, which is is being made at the moment. It's called Rusey. We have a problem uh, with Paul really? Ruse, Paul Rue's new role there at uh, at uh, North Melbourne. They're doing a fly on the wall doco on uh, on Nathan Buckley, which is called the Millionaire Hot Seat. And there's oh, really? and there's a documentary being done on the Gold Coast Suns, which is just called Botched. Uh, it's on of a Wednesday oh. night about nine o'clock. So they're they're the new <laughs> shows that are coming soon. If you want to catch up with any of those, <laughs> yes. Anyway, now, you know what it's time for? Nil. No, about, isn't there a show, Max, coming out about the football? Yeah, what, what, what does that stand for? Whoops. Melbourne arrest and shit out. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we want. I want you to come up with, uh, with some things. Share them on our Facebook page. How you could, uh, how you could football eyes maths as a show. So you've started at finding Melbourne Ref and Shithouse. <laughs> uh, um, there's got to be, the M's got to stand for Maguire somewhere. See, Eddie made his return back to television this week, which is, I was pleased to see that he's yeah. back on telly. Yeah. Out of good on um, he's, actually, he's actually been on telly more this week than Dan Andrews. So well done. Well, yeah. Well, Dan's disappeared, obviously, into the, uh, you know, the sort of. Back room of the house, convalescing. So, so I heard that he was drunk. Oh, you can't that he, say that. You don't know. But somebody, somebody on the weekend said that he got punched up, and I oh, thought dear, oh, that's dear. probably not true. But I just like the idea that somebody went and punched him. Another up. one of those. <laughs> another one of those fabulous social media bloody myth things that's going on. Tell you one thing, I did see on social: the floods in New South Wales and Queensland that they're, they're experiencing at the moment are unbelievable. But it does bring out. The um, the absolute uh, top of the range Australian humour. I just saw something on social media just before we started doing the show that someone had put a sign up, one of those handwritten signs, and it said something along the lines of um, uh, "No through road," you know, a handwritten sign, "No through road, be careful." And then about thirty metres down the road, past where the path that they were telling them, um, where you turn around to come back the other way, there's a big sign that says "Told you." <laughs> For those idiots in cars who think that they're actually driving an army duck and not a car, who, for some reason, why do people do that? I don't know. They watch those four-wheel drive shows on Saturday morning and they think they can do it. Yep, yep. I saw a footage of a woman in a, like a, a normal, you know, everyday sort of Holden whatever sedan, uh, sort of uh, station wagon thing, and the water would have been four feet 
and she's <laughs> in the middle of it and uh, sort of hanging out the window of a car going, help me. And I'm thinking, what possessed you to drive your car into that? Just She was in a rush. Oh. That's all. Hey, it's time for the chart fart. We haven't got a better name for this yet, so our blast from the past. Are you ready? <laughs> First week we went Kevin. to 1990. Kev, I'll just quickly butt in before we go to the chart fart. Yeah. Uh, a bit of a sporting highlight on the weekend. Look, I love watching the US golf. I mean, an Aussie's in contention. It's oh, very yeah. exciting. Matt Jones is just a lovely bloke that he's, he won way back in 2014, his only tournament. And it's been a lot of golf since then. Had some putting problems, but he, he had a great tournament win, the Honda Classic. He won by four shots. Played beautiful golf on the last round when others were crumbling around him. And very emotional when he won as well. So well done to the uh, Sydney side Matt Jones. Yep, and gets to go to the Masters now, which is really good. Yeah, good on him. He's a, he can play. Don't worry about that. Oh, but yeah, they all can. can. Yeah, if he's cutting right, he'll, he'll um, be competitive. But just, you know, it gives him a bit of security. He's there with his family and, yeah, got very emotional. Like, no, good on him. He, what, he pick up probably $1.2, $1.3 million as a, a paycheck for that one? Which oh, is... yeah. Exempt for, totally exempt for two or three years. Yep. Partially exempt. Five, you know, it just really keeps the whole show going. Yep, no, yes. it's terrific. Yeah. Some ridiculous yes. sta- a stat too. Just sorry, Brian. Just before we do this, some ridiculous stat that that makes it something like forty years in a row that an Australian has won a major uh, a PGA title in America. So you know, we've had at least one Aussie winner every year for forty something years or whatever it is. Yes, Brian. And the winners get to the opportunity to appear on Holy Moly. <laughs> so that's another bonus for them. There you yeah. go. Yeah, they just can't have Denise Drysdale as their caddy. <laughs> right, oh, chart fart. Here we go. I just right. I randomly okay. picked this one off the computer. I printed out. I've only looked at one, uh, two things on it. One was the date and the other one was the little thing down the bottom, which I'll read to you in a tick. But the date was March 4, 1977 of this Ooh. particular chart. Oh, you know what that is? Yeah. That was my 21st birthday. Really? Yeah. I was born in 56. Thanks for the invite, Kev. Yeah, well, you know, a bit late. Never mind. It was underneath, <laughs> my, it was underneath my parents' house in Kalanga if you wanted to go, Brian. There's probably still bodies. Okay. <laughs> There's probably still bodies there now. A um, couple of bottles of blackberry nip lying around. Oh, more than likely. Now, this is the <laughs> 3XY music survey for March 4, 1977, and down the bottom, uh, underneath the hit-bound albums and singles, is Stop Press. A little bold uh, thing down here. Stop press. 3XY, the only Melbourne station with free seats to ABBA's concerts. Tune in now. (laughs) Yeah. Like, seriously, uh, there there wouldn't have been a disc jockey on 3XY at that time that would have wanted to have given away an ABBA ticket, would wanted to have played an ABBA song or had anything to do with ABBA. But they did Poor it. They did it. All right, Fonny, you get first uh, spin of the wheel. Give me a number and I'll uh, uh, we'll tell you what the song is and you can give us your rundown on it. Number 11. Number 11. Oh, wow, it's a good choice too. It is um, old 55. Come on, let's do it. There you go. You remember that? Yeah. How does it go? Because I, I think it'll do. It was like um, a little rockabilly thing, wasn't it, Brian? I can't remember it, to be honest. Yeah, I think Frankie sang it. It, was, it wasn't one of Rock Poles once. It was Frankie sang it. It was one of those kind of, come on, let's do it, one of those sort of songs. Okay. Wasn't, oh. It wasn't one I remember terribly fondly, but it was number 11 back in 1977. Yeah, I, I, I get called Frankie Holden every now and then now. You do what with it? I get I get called Frankie Holden by one oh, of my mates. Oh, do you really? Oh, okay. Uh, only for another three months because I'm fifty five. Uh, oh, oh, Frankie Holden. Oh, very 55. nice. Very nice. Poor old Frank will be in the middle of those floods in uh, in New South Wales too at the moment. Unfortunately, at the uh, the caravan park that he runs. Uh, yeah. All right, Brian, spin the wheel. What do you come up with? What number? Cool, cool. Come on. Thirty two. Thirty two. Is it an uncanny X Men song? No, it's not, but it's an Australian song, and I reckon you'd sing this one well. You should do this one at one of those XY chart things. 
And now, singing the number 32 song from March 4, 1977, here's Brian Mannix doing Air Supplies, Love and Other Bruises. Oh, wow. Um, well, it's not exactly my cup of tea. Oh, come but on. But it's, it's a very good song. Um, it's it a lovely was, song. I think, it, I think it went top five in America. Um, the two guys could really sing. Yep, Graham, um, Graham and Russell. Yeah, um, got a bit of Leo Sayer style hair going there, which is always good. Yep. Um, yeah, look, you know, you, it's it's a bit soppy for me, but it's a top five hit in America, so uh, well done to the boys from Air Supply. Yep. Uh, I'll spin number one. Here's here we go. Number one. Right. Oh, you love this. This is this is where um, the music world was on March 4, 1977. The biggest selling single in Melbourne was Pussyfoot, the way that you do it. Whoa. What a stinker. Una na higher. Una na higher, higher. <laughs> it's not the way that you do it, the way that you do it to me. Something like that, wasn't it? Uh, that's a, uh, yeah, it was something like that, yes. And she was, now she was an Aussie, I think. No, nah, I think she was a POM, wasn't she? I think she was Australian. I've got a feeling. Well, we'll check it. Someone will tell us. I'll tell you, she was an anatomical, an anatomical wonder. <laughs> Is that right? Uh, all right. I don't know. Well, I, I, yeah, yeah, I, I've yeah. All right. Spin the wheel and give me another number, Finey. You, you came up with an Uncanny X-Men song last week. I wonder what you'll come up with now. Oh, I was going to number six. Six. Well, yep. Oh, oh no! You can sing this one. In fact, we the three of us can sing this one because it is. Oh. A, I think it's a trio. Were they a trio or a foursome? It might have been. A I don't know who you're talking about. I think they were a foursome. <laughs> I saw them live. They were bloody fantastic too. Manhattan transfer chanson de bois. Very good. There you go. Chant, chant. <laughs> I feel like I'm, yeah, feel like I'm in the middle of a Charles Aznavour reunion concert. Uh, yeah, man, that transfer, they were good. They were very good live. Michael Sean and Mort. What? What? Pig's dead. My pig is dead. That's all the friends you need to know. <laughs> Michael Sean, they're most. My pig is dead. My pig is dead. So somebody says, yeah, parlez-vous français, say oui. Michael Sean, they're most. Right. You speak okay. French, yeah. My pig is dead. <laughs> okay. I'll keep that you in mind. I'll take that under advisement from my lawyers. Spin the wheel again, Brian. Give me another one. Oh, uh, number four. Number four. Oh, God, this was a shit song. Oh, oh this was an awful – this was one of the worst songs ever. Honestly, this should not have been this. This shouldn't have been released. Number four, Nick Gilder, Roxy Roller. What a Nick Gilder. Nick Gilder, Roxy Roller. It was a poxy, terrible, horrible song. It was awful. I don't remember it at all. Mind you, wiped it from my memory bank. I'll I'll read you the top five. Pussyfoot was number one. Torn between Torn between two lovers by Mary McGregor was number two. That made me vomit in my own mouth. Right. Number three. <laughs> That's how I feel on this program. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a visual no one wanted. Um, <laughs> number three was That's Rock and Roll by Sean Cassidy. Wow. No, it's not. No. <laughs> been, no, it's not. <laughs> that would have been the perfect way to introduce that. That's Rock and Roll. No, it's not. Um, no, it's not. <laughs> I like the funny. Uh, number four was Roxy Roller by Nick Gilder. And number five was Magic Man by Heart, which I really like. Oh, well, that's not bad. Yeah, good song. Good, great guitar lick in that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So number seven, uh, number six was Chanson de Moore. Number seven was Wild Side of Life by Status Quo. Number, oh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, number eight was Living Thing by ELO. Like that. Yeah. Number nine was Daddy Cool by Boney M. I hate that. No. Crap song. Yep. And number ten, I like the things we do for love by Ten CC. Uh, there you go. Yeah, go one more, yeah. one more spin of the wheel, and then we have to finish this program. Uh, go again, Finey. 
29. 29 with a bullet is, oh, I didn't this a Drew song too, but I bet, I reckon you'll love this, Finey, I reckon, and I reckon you'll know this, word perfect. Brian Ferry, this is tomorrow. This is tomorrow, calling, wishing you were here. Yeah, see, I knew it. Is that the one? Yeah, that's yep. the one. That's the one. Here Good in the show. Really? Uh, okay, Brian. you like it? No, I don't. I, like I got sick of it, Brian. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, like, I really like that film. Oh, yeah. well. uh, I think he had Dennis. Number, number, give me another number, Brian. We'll do one more spin and we'll. 24. 24. Ladies and gentlemen, 24. Oh, God. Oh, the Richie family, best disco in town. Ooh. The best disco in town. It's the place where hip people meet. Yeah, yeah. Is that the one? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Good lyric. It's the place where hip people meet. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm into that. Yeah, that sounds terrific. And we didn't get to, we didn't get to do any Smoky or Wild Cherry or Henry Gross or Poco. They were all in uh, this uh, 1977 chart. Poco. Poco. Oh, Rosa Cimarron. Good song. Really? That's a great song. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. good. The tubes yeah. are in there too. The tubes were in uh, number twenty. Don't touch me there. Oh, I love that song. Yeah, me too. Fee Waybill, the singer, he was outrageous. He was. That was a crazy band. Yeah, they so, were. They yeah. were. They were. They were very out there. Don't touch me there. Yeah, good song. Yes. All right. Well, yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> we finish as we started. Don't touch me there. Um, thank you, boys. Yeah, Good luck to your footy teams for the weekend, and we'll do a chart fight again uh, next week, and uh, hopefully your footy team wins, and we'll be back then. All right, then. That is it from Rock and Roll. You've just experienced Rock and Roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook.